Hi friends, my name is Jenna, one of the three voices you'll hear on this podcast. I have worked in the wedding industry for five years and I can't wait to share all of the advice, tips, and tricks you'll need, and even better, alongside two amazing other industry professionals. Whether you're a newly engaged couple, a wedding pro, or just want to have a laugh, we're here. Now who's ready to pull back those curtains and have a glimpse behind the party? Welcome back, everyone, and thanks for tuning in today. Today, I am joined by Amanda. Hey, guys. If this isn't your first episode, you've definitely heard us talk about the importance of planning for a marriage versus simply planning a wedding. We wholeheartedly believe that getting married is more than picking out your wedding style and colors. Today, Amanda and I are going to talk more in depth about actionable ways to start off on the right foot. And just to let you guys know, we're not like professional marriage counselors or anything like that. So this is just from our own personal experience. Um, I personally believe that Amanda and her husband, Andy, have been through so much life together that they have so much wisdom to share. So I think that Amanda's going to be awesome at giving us some advice. But also, if you are wanting to go more in depth into your relationship and really start off on the right foot, we always will recommend going and talking to a counselor or therapist. They just will help you determine the best way to communicate with your partner. Amanda, I'm going to kind of start us off on a little bit of a downer. (laughs) That normally Uh doesn't happen on this podcast, but I think that it's important if we're talking about setting up a marriage for success, I first want to discuss some common reasons for separation. Okay. So I'm just going to list a few of the common reasons why people get divorced or separate. Um, Finances, health problems or tragedies incompatibility. So this is kind of talking about religious beliefs, core values, motivations, where to live, disagreements, especially when introducing a child into the relationship, infidelity, lack of equality, where one person feels like they might take on more of the responsibility in the marriage, and then lack of intimacy, physical or emotional. So with all that being said, We're going to talk today. I'm going to ask Amanda a few questions. And then after we talk about that, I completely understand that everybody's relationship is different. And Amanda and Andy's relationship could be completely opposite from yours and your partner's. So then we're going to talk about some questions that you can ask each other to get to know each other and kind of set up your marriage for success Love it. So what are some conversations that you started to have with Andy when things got more serious? Um, well, so <laughs> I feel like I should preface this by saying on our very first date, Andy just kind of like pulled back the curtains immediately. So um, prior to our relationship, Andy, he was married really young and obviously that didn't work out. So on our very first date, he was like, listen, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Here you go. I've been married before. I'm divorced. Here's what happened. And kind of just like threw it all out there. So starting off with like this 
no secrets essentially in our relationship really started the door for our communication being open and honest and both of us feeling like we could be like our true authentic selves and be accepted in that way. So that being said, uh, we started having serious conversations pretty much off of the bat, but as things progressed, it was, um, obviously this, this ended up being like the best relationship ever for us. Like it went somewhere. We didn't just date and break up, (laughs) break up. So it was good. Um, and it was definitely different from any other relationship either one of us had ever been in, in the past as well. But as we continued getting more serious and dating, um, we started talking kind of like diving to deeper levels on, on especially a lot of the topics that you listed out as being big reasons for separation. So finances being a big one, um, we both were raised and told that finances are one of the biggest stressors in life in general, but especially on a relationship and that it was important to be on the same page with each other regardless of what that looked like for us, just having that communication. So that was something that we talked about. We talked about um, financial like planning for the future, what that looked like for both of us. We talked about if we wanted to have separate or joint accounts. We talked about our debt. We talked about our views on budgeting, like all of those things. We didn't just like talk about, yeah, we should save money for our house one day. Um, And there were some things that we aligned a lot on and there were other things that we had to listen to each other and listen to why things were important to each other or, you know, what we meant by certain things and really kind of find what worked for us as a couple, not just adopting what one of us said, regardless of like, we didn't blindly follow each other, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, another big thing for us, and this one we talked about from the very beginning, were our core values. Um, so our religious beliefs, I am born and raised Christian. I went to a Catholic school when I was younger. I'm not Catholic. Um, I go to a non-denominational church. I grew up where every Sunday we went to church and on Wednesday nights we went to Awana and most mornings we did some sort of devotional or reading with our mom. And so very much like going to church was just a normal part of our week versus Andy who raced dirt bikes most of his life and that's on weekends. And so most of his church came from a speaker before the races on Sunday with his family around him. And they were, you know, had helmets in hand. Um, But regardless, we both knew like our religious beliefs lined up um, as well as what we value in life. So what we think is like right or wrong or important to us, um, things like that, that you just don't want to come up five years down the road and find out we are on drastically different ends of this island and we have no way to meet in the middle. So I'm everything you can talk about. I mean, we, we found out that there were some things that were very important to us that I had no idea were such a big deal to me. Like I want, I wanted at that time to be close to my family. If, if it worked out, like I can't control where my siblings are going to, live 
the rest of their lives. But I knew that I wanted to have a relationship with my siblings even when we grew older. So whether it was through the phone or in person, whatever that looked like. But it was just as important to me that we did the same with his siblings. And again, that's a two-way street and I can only control one direction of it. But I would it's important to be with someone who also values family. So things like that were important. Um, We talked about where we wanted to be in five years, 10 years, 30 years. And I know that sounds crazy, but there's a big difference between wanting to be like a stay-at-home parent with young kids and then going back to work versus knowing or thinking, I shouldn't say knowing, thinking that that's not for you and you'd rather be climbing the corporate ladder and going to, you know, big corporate dinners and galas and like that's where you want to go and like city life versus slow paced. No, I want us to spend Friday nights at a football game or on the lake. Like those are very different trajectories. Um, We talked about planning for unknowns and emergencies. We are both the first kiddos in our family. (laughs) We're the number one borns. Um, And so we're very similar when it comes to planning ahead and kind of looking every direction of like what could happen in emergencies. And of course, there is no possible way to actually plan for everything. But we both knew like for us, like we want to have an emergency fund. So when we're talking about finances, we want to have things in place. So if something were to happen to us with our kiddos, stuff like that. Um, children was a huge conversation for family planning. Not just that we wanted to have kids and that we wanted to have more than one kiddo, but for both of us, we discovered that the topic of adoption was really important and like to our core. Um, so that is something that we both, as we were talking about it, I think discovered about ourselves that it was kind of such a core belief that I wouldn't say it was a deal breaker, but it was one of those like, this is going to be okay with you if we're going to get married, right? (laughs) One of those moments. So, which is kind of cool because we planned for that from before we were married that we were going to be able to adopt one day. Like we knew in our core. um, Yeah. It's pretty awesome that for whatever reason, God had placed that on our hearts and we, that was a priority to us. Um, so those are, I mean, those are a, kind of a wide net of saying the different conversations we had, I guess. Um, we did have a conversation about infidelity just because um, my, so I grew up and my biological parents are divorced when I was really young. And so I have you know, bonus parents more than most people, which I love. And my dad is my dad type situation. But I I knew that there were some things that I needed in a relationship and that there were some things that I did not have room for. And for me, because of that, being honest with each other and communication was very important. And on the flip side, like to balance that out, um, lying and putting ourselves in situations that could get sketchy was a big no. And he he felt the same way. And based off of his past, um, there were there were things that we both decided to show each other that we did 
not only respect each other, but that we wanted the other one to feel confident from the very beginning of us dating. So like, for example, I never, I would never ride in a car alone with another guy. And part of that was out of respect for my now husband so that he felt confident and there never could be any questions or concerns or anything like that. But it also comes from like, that's, that's how I was raised. Like I saw my mom, the only time she would ride in a car with someone else is if they were a family member and nothing happened between my mom and dad, like in that sense, it's just that she, they taught me and unfortunately, I learned this while we were dating as well. And we'll talk about it more. But the other people in this world are can be really weird and sketchy. And like there was a moment in our relationship when we were dating that it, it got weird. And we had like this third-party person that we didn't really know try to interfere with our relationship. But because like I never was alone with other guys, like that wasn't really a concern for us because we knew it wasn't possible. All these weird things yeah. that were going on. So anyways, um, stuff that we knew was important to the other person, we made sure to go above and beyond to show each other that we respected it so that we were giving ourselves the best chance to see where that relationship would go. If that makes sense. We weren't shooting ourselves in the foot, so to speak. Yeah. I really like that. That's great advice. Is there any advice that really stuck out to you from anyone in particular that really like stuck with you two? Like while we were dating? Yes. Or during marriage. Either way. So um, not really from like when we were dating. We, we both discussed things that we had learned from watching other relationships around us um, or our past failed relationships because that's exactly what they were um, for things that we knew we did not want to do things that we felt were important and we did want to do. And so we kind of just took different pieces that we had learned to build our own communication. Um, but that being said, one of one piece of advice that we were given in our wedding guest book came from one of our really good friends and they are a couple that we look up to, and they have um, kids that are older than our kids. They've been together way longer than we have been, but they're really good, trusted friends of ours. And they told us, um, no matter what, never leave, never leave your honeymoon. And that's all they wrote. And then when we asked them about it, they were like, yeah, a lot of people think it's just a trip to be on your honeymoon. But it's really more so like a stage or a state of mind that like you two at this phase, like you're living this like in this blissful moment together in paradise where you feel like there's no stressors. You're just enjoying it. You have so much to look forward to. And wouldn't it be great if more people just like continued that? throughout their relationship and like for decades to come. And when things got hard, like just as over, like go back on vacations together or sit down and like get that flirty fun vibes. And like, just because you've been together for 20 years or 10 years or whatever, five years doesn't mean that you can't still have that. And I think a lot of times people feel like, like in movies and shows you see where they, they do feel like, Oh, well, 
we've been together for five years. We don't, we don't do those small gestures and stuff anymore. And just kind of rerouting yourself in the fact that this is your relationship and you can keep coming back to the two of you is really cool. And I don't know. I always liked it. I thought it was good. And now anytime I have to write a, like, a piece of advice for someone getting married, I I use that and I always think of them too. Um, another thing that I will say is it really wasn't advice from a person, but part of my my dad's stipulation to assist us financially with a wedding was that we had to do premarital counseling, but we also had to watch a video and <laughs> And let me tell you, Jenna, I think this video was made in like the 80s. Like it, it's not updated for sure. And it was good and <laughs> it was not so good in other points. But we still talk about it to this day and use what we learned from it in our communication. So obviously it was worth it. And I'll have to look up the name of it and we can put it in the show notes. But it's this whole concept of pink and blue. And the thought process is that if you're talking about like a husband and a wife, like usually women in general see in pink and hear in pink and guys see in blue and hear in blue. And so sometimes when like if you and I are sitting there and then you're like, I have nothing to wear. We understand what that means. We understand that like, yeah, I do have a closet full of clothes, but like nothing fits right. Nothing feels good. Nothing's making me feel pretty, whatever's going on, whatever. But guys don't see that the same way typically. And so when you say that to them, they're like, what are you talking about? You have a, you have so much stuff in here. Like just go buy a new shirt. And it's not the fact that like you need to buy a new shirt. It's the fact that you just want to feel good in something. And so You could be saying the same thing, but what you're trying to tell your spouse, like, I need your support. And they're like, I'm here. Like, I'm right here with you. I do support you. And you're like, no, that's not what I, that's not what I'm trying to say. Like that it's that whole concept. And so being able to see that the other person is saying something through their own filter and adjusting and trying to really listen to them. Um, has been very helpful. And the same video series also talks about your air hose and how in general, everyone wants to feel love and be loved. And how most of the time, if you speak pink and you hear pink, you truly want to feel loved and appreciated. Versus if you see and speak blue, a lot of your feelings of love come from feeling respected. And so if you do something that disrespects, like say your husband, it's almost like you're, you're stepping on his air hose. Like he's not, he's going to start questioning like your love for him. Like that's when that doubt seeps in and you're like, wait, what's going on? And in response, maybe he says a snarky comment back to you. So now he's stepping on your air hose and now you feel not so loved in that moment. And it just naturally is like this cycle that until someone purposely notices that they're stepping on the air hose and jumps off of it, it's going to keep going and keep building. So um, those are two things that that (laughs) really old video actually really helped us with. Um, And I don't know, I have a funny grilled cheese story that's very (laughs) similar, but do you want to hear it? (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. I for years, me and me and Andy have made fun of each other for the way we made grilled cheese sandwiches. Okay. And when I make a grilled cheese sandwich, I put butter on one side of the bread. And then uh, you know, you put this you put it in the skillet, you flip it over, you do the thing. Cool. Well, I don't even remember what or why we were talking about how we make grilled cheese sandwiches, but we were. And Andy was like, oh, that's weird. I put butter on both sides of the bread. <laughs> like I don't – and I was like, why? That's a lot of butter. Like how is that not like a grease ball sandwich? Like weird. So for years, we like ragged on each other about it. Like we would be to the point where like – if I wanted a grilled cheese sandwich, I would go make my own because I didn't want a bread and butter sandwich with cheese. Like that's too much. And we just joked off and on about it forever. Well, finally, one day we were making grilled cheese sandwiches together and he realized that when I put butter on one side of the bread, I was talking about one side of the slice of bread. And I realized that when he said he was putting butter on both sides of the bread, he was talking about the sandwich as a whole, not one piece mm. of bread. So we were literally saying the same exact thing for years. We make we make grilled cheese sandwiches the exact same way. That's he doesn't put butter so in the middle of the sandwich. But <laughs> and I know that sounds really silly, but we would tell people like about it and they'd be like, Why would you put butter? on both sides of your bread. Like every girl immediately knew what I was saying and thought he made sandwiches weird and vice versa. And it's all because when I say bread, like I didn't mean the sandwich as a whole. And when he said bread, he meant the sandwich as a whole. So anyways, we make grilled cheese sandwiches so the same way. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I think it's such a relatable, <laughs> it's so dumb. It's such a relatable, like realistic, application of how sometimes you're saying the exact same thing you're on the same page the same team you just don't understand each other so there will be times where we'll be talking and I'm like I really think we're doing like what you're explaining to me is exactly what I'm explaining to you we're just not understanding the way we're we're getting to the result yeah that's and so funny. It, I love that story. That really ties it together a lot and makes it easy to like easier to digest the information. That's so crazy. <laughs> it's weird. It's it's definitely opened our eyes. Like literally the girl cheat like when that happened ever since then we'll be saying something I'm like, "Okay, hang on. I'm getting fired up because I think you're not hearing me and I think your way is dumb or vice versa." But I I actually think we're talking about the same exact thing. <laughs> and turns out most of the time we are like we're both trying we're like do step one step two step three and yeah it's it saved us from a lot of fights I think just realizing that sometimes we say things in a different way but we're we're both trying to it's like saying hello or bonjour like you're both saying hi you're just sounds different yes okay that's really interesting um, I was actually asking you uh, asking you that question because there's always something that Hunter and I will repeat to ourselves. And I don't remember where it came from, like who told us this or how we started like thinking about arguments this way. But 
there was one time that Hunter had mentioned, like, it's not, it's not me against you. It's us against the problem. And so every time that we're in an argument, it's like we always go back to that core because once you, I feel like whenever I'm in the middle of an argument or like we're just not agreeing on something, it feels like we're actually fighting and like arguing against each other, but it doesn't have to be that way. It can be us on a side against the problem coming to a solution together. I absolutely love that. We we're the same way and we like, we don't say it's me and you against the problem per se. Um, but we will verbally in the middle of something, stop ourselves and be like, I love you. And I love the life we've built and I love where we're at. And I know like this is frustrating, but like it's it's like here we are. Like it's me and you. I love you. Let's not forget that. And we will actually when we get really like upset about something, even if we're not like you said, like you're you're arguing, but you're not fighting against each other. You're just like super upset about whatever topic it is. And you feel like the other person has a completely different view and it's upsetting you. You're like, I love you. Like, there is no question about that. Like, first things first, I know who you are. I know you're a good person. I love your heart. I love everything about you. And then it always, like, it softens the whole conversation. And it, like, like you said, it helps you remember, like, okay, all we're doing is, is discussing this and trying to get to a result. But, like, we're we're both headed towards the finish, the same finish line. Like I'm not, I'm not leaving. I'm not walking right. off the side path. Like we're, we're walking together and it's, I, I just think there's something really cool and beautiful about that, that you get to do life with someone, even if you disagree sometimes and you, you get in arguments or under each other's skin, like y'all are there together walking down the road And things are easier in life when you have someone on your team. Yes. And so the fact that you guys do that, like it's you guys against the problem. I love that. I think it's, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Something else that like really has always stuck with me. And I, I know that we, we're still learning each other, you know, I mean, we've been married for three years at this point, but I feel like you never stop like learning how to like better communicate with each other. Like I know Hunter so well, um, but I feel like I can always be better at communicating with him and understanding the way that he's communicating with me. Um, And something that somebody told me, and I just remember this so vividly and it really changed it's, it's common sense, but hearing it out loud changed my perspective so much. So if somebody out there happens to be struggling that just moved in with a partner or are, you know, they're, y'all are engaged and really starting to have these difficult conversations and stuff, there are di- so many different ways that people communicate. People don't argue and fight the same way. Um, I was literally the type of person that like, I grew up in a household where if we were upset with each other, 
we would shut down, ignore the problem, pretend everything's fine. And eventually that those issues would really start to boil and then it would come to the surface in like almost an explosion because you just can't take it anymore because you've just been holding everything in for so long. Not saying that that's a good thing at all. That's not a good way to go through life. And then Hunter grew up in a very different way where he was more, he would put everything out in the open and especially early in our relationship, sometimes he would speak off the cuff and then it would like, he would regret it later, like what he said. Um, so we had two complete different styles of communication, like completely different. And we were able to work it out where now we can, he can understand that it takes, it takes time for me to process a situation and communicate about it. And I know that he, he's not being mean whenever he's putting everything out in the open. He just, that's just how he processes things. He just talks and talks and tells me exactly what he's feeling in the moment and thinking in the moment. Um, and now he's gotten, a lot better at not saying things without like thinking about it first, because he knows that that's something that sticks with me a lot more. Yeah. I think, I think that if you have a partner that communicates the exact same way as you, I think that's extremely rare. Yeah. And I, I, I bet so. Cause I've talked to a lot of friends that, like a, a lot of my friends have gone through the same thing and, you know, I just kind of put it all out in the open. It's, it might seem like uncomfortable to talk about, but I think that everybody has their own different way of communicating and it's not like, I'm not saying that there's any one way that's perfect. There isn't, I don't think. No, but, I don't think so either. I think we all have things to learn and grow and to improve on in communication, but I think there's a reason why communication is so important in a relationship and why it also can cause some miscommunication can cause so many issues in a relationship. And it's, it's difficult. I'm, I'm more like you where I would like shut down or get sad. Um, but also like, because of how I grew up, if, if Andy like gets stern with his voice and he, I mean, Jenna, you've met my husband. He, he is a very stern person, but if we're in a disagreement and he is like serious and stern and like, he's never yelled at me before ever. Like, let me just go ahead and put it out there. But if he's getting too serious or loud, I just start crying. And it's not that like yes, he same. said anything horrible. Yeah. He's not, he has never like said anything like, disrespectful or made me scared or in danger. No, Never. exactly. Yes. It's just the tone. Like I just start crying and then he's like, what, what did I do? And now where I'm at in life and you know, uh, we've talked before that like I spent all of last year focusing on my emotional health and everything. And I've learned a lot about <laughs> why I am the way I am. And part of that is just, that is how like that's, something that I've always done since I was little. And now I know like what my triggers are and like I communicate that to my husband and he's aware of it. So now he knows it's not him and he didn't say any, 
thing, but he knows like, oh, I got to soften my tone and like, I got to give her a hug and just give her a minute and like get on her level and talk to her. And so when I'm emotional like that, we've learned like if we're sitting down, like sitting on the bed or on the cat, like it's easier for me. And I don't get that emotion. Like I don't get that emotional. I'm, it's easier for me to control things because I'm looking at him eye to eye. Um, otherwise, if we're standing up, he's Instead like a he- foot taller than me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's a very large uh-huh. man. Um, I love it. But but yeah, everyone communicates differently and it's it's crazy. And it's even after, I mean, we've been together for 13 years, but we still are always navigating new ways to communicate to each other. And I mean, new new hurdles bring new things. So at right. least it doesn't get boring. Yeah, exactly. So Amanda and I obviously had a lot to say about this subject. So we are actually going to be making this part one of a two-part series. So tune in next week. We're so excited to finish up the conversation with you then. Thanks again for tuning in. As always, you can find us at Behind the Party Podcast on Instagram. We want to hear from you. DM us on Instagram or email behindthepartypodcast at gmail.com. We can't wait. See you next time.